Grab the rebound, put the ball on the floor, and uh, another off-season coast-to-coast coming to you on the, the afternoon before the NBA draft tonight. But before we get into all of that, we uh, it, it's been a busy couple of days for the NBA now that the trade uh, moratorium has been lifted. The free agency moratorium has two days left, and then a bunch of things have been happening, a couple, couple of big-time trades, a couple of big-time trade rumors. Just a lot of moving parts going on in the NBA offseason, considering we're only getting a month of movement when usually we get three or four. And then that last, like, I was thinking about it, like, uh, in a normal year, September would be the month where, like, things kind of die down. But now, like, like the last month before the season, but now when there's only a month, there's just all this stuff crammed into one and stuff flying everywhere. Got to watch your head. It's been a hectic uh, couple of days for sure. And I think uh, later today is going to add even more fuel onto the fire. Yeah, I mean, this could theoretically stretch from when it started this weekend and then just go all the way up until the fir- one of the first. I mean, teams are going to want to have their rosters set eventually and get and know who they're going to be putting out on, on opening night at least a couple weeks before the season. But there's going to be moves. Well, I up. think – most teams are going to try and finalize it, especially with COVID, just because you got to get several different positive or uh, negative true. tests before coming into training camp. But I think um, those tests are going to start taking place either late November or early December. So I think it'll mostly die down by then. But I think this next week and a half will be very busy. Yeah, but I mean, if, if that holds up, then these next couple of weeks until, until training camp opens is going to be absolutely insane. And uh, so, yeah, we've already had Chris Paul get traded. We've had uh, Westbrook and Harden not get traded yet. Um, the Bucks made a couple moves in the middle while I was sleeping in the middle of the night. I was playing Mario Kart while it happened. Every time I finished a match, I looked at my phone and another trade had happened. You on Mario Kart Wii? Uh, no, Switch. Oh, updated? Well, I have Wii as well. but I, I haven't played since Mario Kart Wii. So, at this point. Well... I think there were a couple of really good moves for both teams. I mean, it's kind of weird because normally when it's trade season, there are a couple of trades where it's like, damn, one team really got fleeced or why did one team do that? But I think every team that has made a trade has improved from said trade, from my memory. You think like so? I can't think of a team that has been hurt by a trade so far. We do have to talk about some of the returns for these players, though, because I think some of these players are are setting a very interesting precedent for the rest of the deals that I think are going to get made. The Drew Holiday trade in and of itself has made the Harden trade so much more difficult to have. Even Robert Covington, two first-rounders from him, really? it was only one first, and then also one of them is is protected. So it isn't quite – it's not like two unprotected first-rounders, which I also love that trade for the Blazers because I think Covington is really good for them. But uh, I think we could start with the Bucks. I think the Bucks have made the biggest headlines with just how desperate they seem, trying to get, uh, trying to keep Giannis. The Bucks. So I saw one of the picks they gave up was a 2027 first round pick yeah. unprotected. That's they, gonna be for a person that's in sixth grade yeah. right now. 
all these all these G, the GM whoever the Bucks front office none of them are planning I don't think to be around hmm. when that happens because if they were there's the I I think twenty twenty five is also unprotected it's just that well, well, it, it's the gamble I mean when you have two time MVP defensive player of the year potential uh, top thirty player of all time and you know that if you don't really like he said me staying here will depend on the moves that the Bucks have made. If they don't go all out, then they're going to lose it. And then who cares about the later picks? Like you got to go all out. Yeah. Uh, it just seems, it seems a little bit too desperate to me to, for, for Drew Holiday to be the player that you go after in that move. Cause I know he's good, but how much better is he exactly than Eric Bledsoe? That much better? Much, I don't think so. Much. I think he's much I don't know. better. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a significant upgrade, but that's still a lot for, three first rounders and saucer for basically what they with a what the Lakers gave up for AD. Like love Drew Holiday, but he's not AD. Like they're not the same. It's player. an equivalent package and it's crazy, yeah. But if Milwaukee wins the title, uh like the Lakers did, then it's then it's worth it. But um it just I if Giannis I, resigns, I think, it all makes sense. I think Eric Bledsoe is seventy seven percent of Drew Holiday. I think it's closer to sixty. Eric Bledsoe made all in all defense team last year, Drew Holiday didn't. Yeah, but that was also because Eric Bledsoe was on the best defense in the in the league, which was anchored by Giannis, not really him. Whereas if Drew Holiday was in his spot, you would have had the same accolades. Yeah, well, but just like a better offensive player. Yeah, that could also, be true. can we just talk about David Griffin? He came in last off season. He flipped Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. I wrote this down. Six first round picks. This this is what he got in, in return for those two players. Six first round picks. Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and two pick swaps. That's eight picks and five five players. That's absurd. Yeah, New, New Orleans and then OKC, we can talk about also. Like, they have so many – they have so much stuff in, in, their, in their pockets. I can it's talk about the return for Pre- – Sorry. No, go ahead. It's going to be Griffin and Presti, like one one on one for like the, the draft in the next like ten years. Yeah, I mean, OKC and New Orleans could do like five first round picks for five first round picks in a trade, like with each other. I mean, yeah, Sam Presti flipped Russell Westbrook into uh, one All Star season to Chris Paul, Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Jalen LeCue, who they can all use as trade pieces for uh, young wait, players. Who is Jalen LeCue? Is he is he anybody? He he's a younger guy who has a lot of bounce. Who I don't know if he's really going to be much, but he's he's still a young piece that can be. Missed. I thought it was uh, Lek. How you pronounced it? I guess not. I think he's French, so it's Lequeu. Okay. Um, and then three first round picks and two pick swaps, like turning what was supposed to be one of the most untradeable contracts in the NBA into five picks, four players, and an All Star season of a player who helped develop his star young player and take them to the playoffs. Like that's that's absurd. Okay, see, really um, trying to redeem himself for the Harden trade. Okay, see, in New Orleans now, just have a bunch of Play-Doh in front of them, like a huge mountain of Play-Doh, and then they just can do whatever they want. Like who, who like in the next five years, I, maybe I think maybe like OKC's entire roster right now, none of them will be on the team in like four years, except for SGA. I don't know who else. I think that's pretty. Danny accurate. Green. Awesome. Danny Green's not even gonna last four days. Never mind four years. I'm I don't even think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna play like a single game. Honestly, the mm-hmm. way that this is looking. I wouldn't like be surprised if Ubre doesn't play a game either. Really? Mm-hmm. You think gonna I think the Lakers Oubre? could try and make a move for him. Who do you think they give up for him though? Like, who are they gonna trade? I mean, I don't. I, I mean, 
credit to Kyle Kuzma for stepping it up this year, but this, <laughs> this is the highest the ceiling is going to go. Yeah, I would be surprised if uh, Kyle Kuzma was a Laker next year, honestly. But uh, I don't know. I could see it happening. I mean, he, he's another young player who hasn't really reached his potential yet, and Oubre is, I think, sort of hitting his peak. He's just like a valuable wing player with a lot of bounce, and you can hit some threes and gives you some energy. So I think maybe switching Oubre out because he may be a player that gets you more wins when it seems like they're just trying to tank this year. And that makes sense because the next like two drafts are going to be really good. So I think it would kind of make sense to flip Oubre for someone who, yeah, he may not contribute to wins initially, but he could develop into a player who could help you out in two, three years because he's got some playoff experience. Okay, so the Bucks also traded for Bogdan Bogdanovich, which I think was a lot better trade. Just, just it made made more sense to me to give up. Uh, basically, all they gave up was uh, Divincenzo, and that was it. I think a pick, and then some other crappy players. So I don't even remember anymore. But yeah, um, I think he. And then they're gonna have to pay him because he's a free agent. This, uh, this not even summer. This is the fall. So, so what do you, do you guys think Milwaukee's the? Uh, the favorite in the East right now? Mm, I think it, I, I'm, I'm still would want to see if the Celtics are going to make any moves and like obviously the Nets, that's the big elephant in the room, but they're also the most like, I think they, they have the most potential to be good, but also the most potential to just be like really awful and like have like infighting the entire season. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think I could say without any like qualifiers that the Bucks are the, like the number one favorite. I think they're top three for sure. I mean, I think every single year we think this, we hear the Celtics are in trade talks for all these different players and it never happens. I, I, think I do are. think Hayward's return is going to happen. I'm thinking about it a lot. I'm trying to will it. Um, yeah, there's been buzz for him going to uh, the Hawks as well, which would be Hayward? interesting. If the, yeah, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of buzz for that. John past, Collins? Like, hours. I think John Collins is too valuable a piece, but I was thinking more Clint Capella. Which would be interesting. Oh, He'd definitely yeah. be an upgrade. That would address a need for sure. I think I'd rather Miles Turner, but I wouldn't hate Capella either. I, I honestly don't know because I, I think um, Clint Capella might actually be better because he's more used to just being someone who doesn't need the ball, which is kind of what we need. Like he, he's not really an outside threat, but he's one of the best lob catchers in the league, and he's a really good rim protector. And we've uh, kind of had bad height around the rim, which I think was one of our problems. I'm opt- think- I'm more optimistic about Robert Williams, so I want to see him become that. I don't want to like, I don't want to stunt his growth. I mean, I guess he'd he'd still be the backup of Miles Turner too, but I think Capella and Williams is. I mean, it doesn't hurt to have two guys like that, but just to give you a little, like, give you some shooting on the outside. It's a fair point. Because Tice think- Tice a lot had had opportunities for threes that he didn't take, and then Turner would would take those. That's true, but also I'm kind of worried about that because like. I don't want someone. I don't want someone who's getting upset because he's not getting enough shots in a locker room where Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum all need their shots. Yeah. Like I would much rather have those three guys have shots, and then someone just not really care as much. Whereas I wouldn't be surprised if Miles Turner throws a fit because he isn't really shooting enough. Well, he isn't. He isn't. He isn't Victor Oladipo. He's Miles Turner. That's true. What happened to the market for Oladipo? I, like, I think he wanted to be traded, and then his agent was like, no one wants to trade for you, so he, he like backed up on it and was like, yeah, I'm fully committed to the Pacers. Like, what happened there? Yeah, how many times has he, like, he's, has he made some separate statement about what he wants to do? It's like several times now, and that, that just, even if you keep going back and saying, like, oh, I, I want to be a Pacer, like, no one appreciates that. 
Like, it's like, just the fact that there are questions about that out there in the public eye, I think, already discredits him a lot. Who asks the Knicks to play for them? Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. I feel like if it wasn't the Knicks and it was just, like, the Heat and the Bucks or whatever, it would be bad. But not as bad as asking the Knicks to play for them. Because that really tells your Pacers teammates that you think low of them. That you want to leave them to go and play for the Knicks? Like, yeah. their best player is at your position. Like, I don't, I don't get it. They don't have any – it's not a good team. It's like the worst team in the league. It just doesn't make sense to me. And, and you'd think Oladipo, he, he went to college at Indiana. He – like, whenever – when he first got traded there, the fans seemed to uh, welcome him in with open arms, and he had a lot of nice moments for them in that one year that they almost beat LeBron in the first round. Yeah, 2018. Then, I guess he just turned on them. It, it boggles the mind how fast it fell apart. Uh, it must have been like during that injury, he just he got into some weird stuff in the off season, like some cult. Uh, maybe I don't know. I'm just I'm just guessing, but uh, just weird. I guess the the injury just kept nagging, and he uh, he was upset that he wasn't getting shots or something. I don't know, but he he just wasn't up to 100 percent when they were in the playoffs, and he was out all year. I don't know what they wanted him to do. What he wanted them to do. I think I think he thinks he's all I think he's acting like he's a much better player than he actually is. Like if you're if you're James Harden, you know, you you can do this. You can be like, oh I want to go here, like I don't want to do this thing and like just kind of generally be dramatic or post videos of like a water bottle cap or whatever on your yeah, Instagram for people to interpret. Yeah, but like you can't like if you're Victor Oladipo and you've been injured for like a couple years now and like your teammates hate you and all this other stuff, like you don't really have a lot of leeway. I don't know. I think, um, especially with the James Harden thing, where there's like two years left on this deal and he's trying to force his way out, even though he says he's not, but we all know he is. I think there's going to come a point at some um, at one of these CBAs where there are going to be rules put in place to stop all this player movement. Because I think um, the league is just... If James Harden pulls an Anthony Davis and he just sits out half a season because he's on, because he's on the team he doesn't like, then the NBA is going to do something. Like, that was awful for the NBA. Just the image, the revenue, everything. Like, if a fan pays to watch the Rockets, they want to see James Harden. And if he sits because he's not, he doesn't want to play for the team anymore, there's going to be some changes that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I-, I wonder what some of those, how they could, I guess they would just force guys with a certain number of years. Like, you, you have to, I mean, how do you, I mean, you, you, they could just say they're injured, like Kawhi did. There has to be some, like, documentation for that, though. I guess you'd have to bring in some independent doctor that... It's going to be be more of a discussion over the season. I mean, James Harden could, like, slash his his, his knee open and just destroy it and say, oh, I I tore my ACL on purpose, so I can't play. (laughs) Well, he's he's going to do that. No, that was good. (laughs) Well, he, 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 he could get a paper cut or something and then... Just say he's hurt. Like Michael Jordan cutting, uh, slicing open his thumb, in 1999, with a uh, with a cigar cutter. Yeah. Quote unquote. All right. So, what do you guys think of the uh, CP3 trade? Because I love it. Yeah, because we, we talked about this. I know a couple of podcasts ago. I think we also that was the best option. It made the most sense. It's exactly what they need. You know, this is like there's already like at least like like two or three Western Conference teams we know are going to drop, be worse. Like, this is their perfect slot to move in. Like, I don't really think they – like, 
yeah, obviously, like, Ubre's a good young player, and, like, Rubio is a solid point guard, and there's, like, the pick for the better draft. But, like, I really don't think that's anything for CP3 if he puts you over the edge. So I think they kept Mikhail Bridges, which is huge. Because mm-hmm. I think he's really big for them. But uh, what do you guys think their ceiling is? I, I think kind of similar to Dallas this year, like six, seven seed, because they have a like a nice solid mm-hmm. up. Because like, Dallas hadn't done anything before, before last season, kind of like that, where, yeah, it'll be cool, like make the first round for the first time. And then I guess maybe higher than that, though, because it isn't like – like Devin Booker has been in the league for three or four years now. Chris Paul's obviously been it. Been uh, like Chris Paul wouldn't have had 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 approved this trader. I don't think if he didn't think he'd have like a, a conference finals outside chance because it's not like he's getting any younger. He wants to win a title. So yeah, I think I think second round probably is their ceiling. Second round yeah. exit. Yeah, I think that's I, about right. I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run in the playoffs for sure. I mean, there's only four teams that I would be confident saying they would be better than them in the West, which I think are just the obvious ones, the LA teams, Golden State, and then, uh, and then uh, the Nuggets. Mm-hmm. I think either way, it's just going to be, uh, they're going to be much better this year. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing Devin Booker in the playoffs. Yeah. So do you guys, would you guys be stunned if the Suns missed the playoffs? Mm-hmm. I would yeah. be stunned. Yeah. I wouldn't be stunned. I'd be, I'd be a little bit surprised, but, I think a Chris Paul injury, and then then they're kind of back to where they they were last season a little bit. Even though, like, yeah, they went eight new in the bubble, and Booker and Aiton are getting a year older, so they'll be better. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be. I mean, the West is a good is stacked, so I wouldn't be absolutely stunned. I I think also one of the important things that Chris Paul is bringing in outside of just his play on the court is the fact that he is a legend and he's a culture setter, and I think that no matter if he's injured or not, they'll still be improved just by him having a lot more accountability. Like if he's there, he's going to make Devin Booker try more on defense. He's going to, he's going to help DeAndre Ayton actually become a more well-rounded player. He's going to actually do what he did for the Thunder where we all thought the Thunder were going to be like a lottery team. And then he instituted a culture there and they were suddenly a lot more competitive. I think this Suns team has a lot more talent than that Thunder team did. And we saw what he did with them. So are you saying that Ricky Rubio is not a culture setter for the Suns? I think he's a table setter. I don't think he's a culture setter. All right. So like he'll he'll, he'll bring plastic silverware, but Chris Paul will bring like fine china to the Suns. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. 100%. All right. Um, I was going to say something else too. Oh yeah, the Suns. The Suns aren't done. I don't think because they. I, they have a rock solid starting lineup now, but they still have to fit because Dario Saric is a free is a restricted free agent. They got they're gonna find some someone to play playoff go up, come off the bench for them too. So Phoenix is still interesting to see how they uh, shore up their roster hundred percent. I think they have like twenty million cap space still as well, so they have plenty of money to play around with. Yeah, and uh, Dario Saric I think is gonna stay as their backup five. I think they're gonna let Aaron Baines go, which could be good for the Celtics. That would be good to sign him. We'll see. Well, I mean, the Celtics are going to keep Tice, so Tice can kind of serve as, as the backup center now. Oh, I'd I'd hope, hope, like, really? Well, I mean, I think they're, they're pretty they're pretty equal. I guess, sure, Baines has the accent and he has the man bun, so I'd take him over Tice, but they're both pretty similar players. But, and Baines has a better has a better uh, a three-point release. Like, his, like, watching him shoot threes is a lot more entertaining than watching Tice shoot them. He's also like a thirty-eight percent three-point shooter, whereas Tyson's yeah, like yeah. low thirties. Yeah, he was he was putting up like eight a game last year. Felt like 
knocking him down. Baines is Tice, but bigger and a better three-point shooter, so I'd much rather have him. I think Tice is a better defender inside. More more blocks, if I had to guess, without looking. Sure. Okay. Um, you guys think Ty Jerome's going to make a difference on OKC next year? All right, so the, the first move no. we had, the first move that we that would kind of kick this whole thing off is Dennis Schroeder going to the Lakers. Um, no. I don't know why there was so much backlash when this happened originally. I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter that people were hating on the move. I think it's a great move. For the yeah. Lakers? Yeah. Well, they, they, they didn't really get everything up. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously you're going to miss Danny Green's defense, and they'll have to address that in some way. But, like, if you just – if you just purely look at, like, Rondo versus Dennis Schroeder, like, that's a that's an obvious upgrade, especially, like, offensively. That was, like, that was probably, like, the number one complaint most people had about Rondo up until, like, the very end of the playoffs was just, like, not really having a lot of offensive production or, like – and he's scoring, what, like, seven or eight points a game for most of the regular season – not that it really mattered, I guess, because I still end up with the number one seed. But I mean, I, you still like to see Schroeder. Like, I, I think it's like defense is like whatever. It's fine. I think the offensive upgrade is like the, the main centerpiece there. I mean, the finals, the team that won the finals got rid of a player who, yeah, was a positive defensively, was a net overall negative offensively, and got a lot of hate for a reason. I think the amount of hate was a bit unwarranted because I think he was battling an injury the whole time, but still adding the sixth man of the year or the guy who should have won the sixth man of the year. It's going to be an upgrade. And I've seen that they're probably going to add Wesley Matthews, which would definitely make up for the defense that they lost with Danny Green. So I, I think it's a great move having someone else who can actually um, score the ball on the on the wing that's not uh, LeBron or Anthony Davis to really let them – to make it so they don't have to put up MVP-type numbers all regular season. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, they got they got to be careful because – they did just win the title. You can't be making all these changes. And then, like, I mean, I'm, I, don't, I don't know exactly how all these – I mean, short, it could end up being awesome for them. But, I mean, it is changing how you just won the championship. So, there's always that. Well, I mean, I also – I think there are, like, a number of free agents on the team, though, that, like, we, didn't, we weren't sure they were going to come back anyway. So, I think mm-hmm. they, the team was going to have to change. Like, Rondo – there's Rondo. Rondo's KCP. gone, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's not coming back. Like, KCP may or may not be gone. Like, they think – like, I think he's probably coming back because of, like, the whole Rich Paul connection. But, like, you never know. Or Avery Bradley might be gone. Not not that he was part of the playoff run at the end, obviously. But Dwight Howard, like, there was there were going to have to be changes to the team no matter what. So, I guess I guess if they're just trying to optimize the changes that they were going to have to make anyways, like, I don't have a problem with that. Do you guys think someone's going to sign Dwight Howard to, like, a three-year deal now? Like, like the the Knicks would be a good spot for Dwight Howard. I could see some like dumb bottom half team doing that, or maybe he'll get like a one year with a contender. Like, I think like weren't the Warriors interested in him in him at some point? Well, yeah, the um, Warriors they, uh, have cycled in a couple of guys like that. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Dwight Howard comes back. I think he would want to win another chip if he could, and try and get more positive rep before he retires so that he well, actually makes the whole thing. The problem with Dwight Howard is that he's been on so many teams and they all know that he's a bad like influence on the locker room that there's, there's only so many teams that he hasn't already poisoned with his with his presence. I think LeBron's the only guy that could reel him in. I, th- so I, think, I think that would also just add to the argument of why he might stay with the Lakers because clearly like he got along with them this past season. 
and then they won together. So if he's already got a, re- a good relationship with them going now that he seems to have like humbled himself a little bit, then like, just why not bring like run it back? Yeah. It always makes sense for the team. Like you just saw what team won the title. Just bring that team back. Cause then there's probably a good chance they can do it again. Although there hasn't been, it's not like repeat championships happen that often, but. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that would be Dwight Howard's best chance to repeat. Would probably be in LA. Or he could go over to China and just take over. I bet. What um do you guys think that if the Clippers land uh, Rondo, that they would become a lot more of a threat? I think Rondo isn't a huge difference maker. I mean, he does help in the playoffs because he only shows up for big games and like he he knows he knows how to win, but. I mean, I'm, I think, not, I'm not going to say that Rondo I, I, like, changes the landscape of the NBA at all. Yeah, because like, obviously like they had a need, a true point guard, and that is Rondo, so he fills that need. But, I mean, I'm not like like trembling in my boots at the thought of like the, like, the Rondo Clippers, you know. Um, yeah, and plus I, I think that, that 3-1 lead getting blown had to be just so like mentally defeating. I think that's going to – like I don't know, like I don't think you come like fully rearing into the season at like one hundred percent, like quality after having a like your season end that way when there were the expectations were so high. Like I just I don't think they're gonna be as good this year. Like I wouldn't I don't think they're gonna have like a better record regardless of whether or not it's Rondo or like whoever that they bring in, even I if think- they like trade for a different star, which I don't think makes sense because they gave up like seven picks or whatever for Paul George. That's probably not gonna happen. But I don't know. I, I, think, I think this. Like, uh... Oh God, sorry. I was gonna like, like, regardless of whatever moves they make, I don't think they're gonna be significantly different. I don't think there's anything they could do or that's gonna be like, oh, Clippers, like they're gonna win, like no matter what. I think uh, this season will probably be the most important for Kawhi's legacy, or one of the most important, because it's either gonna be that he fell apart in the playoffs and they blew a three-one lead, and then he came back and he just didn't lead his team back, not a leader, and. Uh, he was overhyped this whole time. 2019 was just lucky because he ran into an injured Warriors team, yada, yada. Or he's going to come back and lead them to, like, best record in the league and just, like, dominate in the playoffs. It's, it's really up to him. I think he has the ability to do that. I just don't know. You're right. If he, if he will be able to come back from that awful loss and if he can actually rally the team around him. Yeah, so has Kawhi already peaked or is he, does he have another gear left? That's what we've got to wait and see. I think I think the truly great players, like you're seeing it with LeBron, they have like several different peaks. Like LeBron, he peaked in Cleveland the first time, Miami in Cleveland again, and now in LA, just a different player, different roles. Kawhi, I, I just don't know if like the injuries are catching up to him or if he just really benefited from being on two teams with just really established systems so that he could just come in and score and play defense and the team would rally around that. You wouldn't have to do anything. But I think he, he's really going to show this year if he is individually a truly great player or if he just benefited from the situations. Yeah. And I think that's especially important when you think about Paul George and how like flat he was last season, he was injured and out a lot of the season, um, terrible in the playoffs. Um, and then you find out after the season that a lot of his teammates were really resentful of like the favoritism that he got throughout the season. Cause he was basically being treated like Kawhi, like the clear, like superstar in the team when he wasn't really like playing that much better than guys on the team who like weren't being treated like superstars. So I think like you've, now that you've got that like thing that's out in the open, like that kind of throws a rock in it too. So then that, and then like, how does, how does Kawhi deal with that? Cause like, you're really the leader of the team, like, 
it's kind of on you to fix the chemistry issues that everyone knows about now. He's not really that kind of guy. Like he doesn't talk, you know. It's a. Uh, it'll be interesting. I don't know. He, I mean, he he was drafted into Popovich and Duncan, one of the best situations to be drafted into of all time, because they pretty much made him the offensive player he is. And then he moved to Toronto with Nick Nurse and the established culture that Kyle Lowry brought and all these players who came in and were suddenly fitting their roles, Pascal, Damian Green, Marcus Jabaka. And now he's here and he has all this, he has all these players and he has this Hall of Fame coach and he just wasn't like the team fell apart around him and he didn't do anything about it. He had four games to, from game five, from game five to game seven, he had three games to do something and put on an iconic performance to ice the series and move on and play LA. But he just never did. Yep. I do think the bubble or the pandemic might have halted them because uh, I, I remember people talked about uh, they were playing really well as, as soon as the whole shutdown happened and then that could have had an impact. So. Well, the Lakers were playing really well right before the shutdown too. Like they had just beat the Bucks and the Clippers like back to back. So, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think you can make that excuse for the Clippers and be like, oh, like, they, they were so good within, like, the pandemic because, like, doesn't that apply to the Lakers, too? And, like, they, that wasn't a problem for them. Well, the Lakers had, had an easier schedule to the finals, so. The Lakers had the easiest path to the finals. Only the Clippers had to face Denver. The, the Lakers. <laughs> the Lakers face Denver the, the next series. I am never going to accept the narrative that the Lakers that the Lakers had the easiest path to the finals, because everyone was saying that they had the that it's the hardest path to the finals that LeBron's ever had, and then he just beat every team in five games. Like what? The only okay, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum were injured. Yes, that's fair. First round was easier than it should have been. Second round, who were they? Who were they missing? Daniel House. Daniel House was going to stop LeBron James that whole time? No. Everyone said that the Rockets would beat the Lakers because of that one game in the regular season where they did. And then he swept them. Not swept them. Gentleman sweep. And then everyone was like, oh, the Nuggets are really picking up steam. They could actually maybe beat them. Gentleman sweep. Like, we can't retroactively change these narratives. <laughs> just because LeBron Houston, overcame Houston our expectations. Denver, we all know how important the mascot uh, in, in between quarters events are we all know rocky in denver does the backward shot every time and gets the fans fired up in houston they have uh, i think they have like a bear and he, he okay he gets, okay like, okay you, up, and now they're without both you don't them. even know what the mascots are i know okay. I, I can see his face in my in my head i just don't know what his name is if this was a normal thing i think that would have just helped the lakers more i think it's clutch i think his name's clutch like clutch city well ain't that ironic <laughs> Can you well, just he, imagine, well, like, the Lakers and Clippers there, playing so in there was singles? No clutch. Oh, I, I would have loved that series so much. If we, if we had fans, that, like, just thinking back on this playoffs and how awesome it would have been to see it with, with fans, like, Luka's shot, the whole Donovan Mitchell-Jamal Murray battle. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully Lakers-Clippers, that would have been great. But, I mean, oh, would have been great. All right. So, uh, how, how about we touch on Giannis now? Because it's, it's a big deal. He could be a free agent next, uh, whenever, next fall, next summer, whenever the next offseason is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and now, now he has a decision to make. He can choose to sign this 
Supermax before the season starts, or he can just wait, wait it out and make make his uh, create a whole new wave of buzz during the season. You know, it'll be hanging over the whole buck season uh, next year if he doesn't sign. And uh, I don't know if, if I'm him, I don't sign this deal because of these two moves at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If I'm him, I wait. I wait and see. I wait till I, I can't wait anymore. Unless, unless like there's some like really definite thing that happens, but I don't really know what that would be. Yeah, I I just off Drew Holiday and Bogdan, I still am not convinced that they would win. I'm like, we're, these aren't the move. These are great moves. No, we, none of us are disputing that, but we're not all here like, oh, now they're the clear favorites because they're still in contention. The Lakers are still probably the favorites in my eyes. The Nets have a chance. The Celtics have a chance. The Clippers have a chance. The Warriors have a chance. There are a lot of different uh, teams who have a chance here. And I don't think Giannis should lock himself into the Bucks when he doesn't know if this team could actually help um, be the team that could help him win. I think, we, I think we're I, – I don't think he's going to sign the Supermax, honestly. I think he's going to wait and see. And plus, I mean, this, I think other people have mentioned this too recently, but the Bucks, like, in theory, their third best player is still Chris Middleton. Like, that's, that's, <laughs> that doesn't scream championship contender. Well, I don't know about that. I feel like Chris Middleton can be the third best player on a championship team, but I don't know if Drew Holiday can be the second. Okay, that, that's I, fair. That's a good vice versa. That. I don't know which one is the second, which one is the third. I think they're in the same level, but I don't think either of them can be the second best player on the championship team. But it, if they can offset Giannis's weaknesses enough, then I think Giannis can do the rest himself, honestly. It's well, just they need someone to hit the closing shot. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Giannis is the only like top ten player who I wouldn't uh, who I wouldn't give the ball to um, when the shot clock's running out, and I think that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I, I would be like screaming for like Drew Holiday to have it either. And then then that then you get into the problem of like who is the person on that team? Like, does that person exist? I think that's that Bogdan could be that player because he's been a um, he's been a really elite closer in Europe and he's had some really good shots in Sacramento as well. And I think give him the chance to be on a good team, he could really show that. But again, I don't know if Bogdan Bogdanovich is the person I want um, hitting the last shot in the finals. It's just it's just the dilemma of Giannis, uh, where we don't know what the real scheme around him is to win in the, in the playoffs because we haven't seen it yet. We well, assume we, that this is pretty yeah, close. Yeah, Giannis could come to the first night of the season with a, all of a sudden like a new post fadeaway in his in his arsenal. Maybe. Like like if, if he does, that'd be awesome. And then I would have them having a much better chance, but we just don't know. All right. Uh, what else is there? Harden and Westbrook. Yeah, I think that's the last big thing we have left. All right. So. Yeah. Now we don't know if both of them are going to be showing up to training camp. If I, I guess if you had to pick only one that would get traded, it'd definitely be Westbrook. But uh, even uh, they're trying to talk to teams around the league and no one wants them besides like the Knicks, maybe the Wizards, maybe, and like the Hornets I saw maybe. And then Harden, Harden's dead set on Brooklyn or Philadelphia, but neither of those teams have – are, are willing to give up enough that Houston wants, so. Yeah, and you know, the thing with that is, like, 
if you look at what the Nets have to offer and what the Sixers have to offer, like clearly the Sixers have more to offer in a package for that. But like, do you really think the Rockets want to go tr- like trade hard into Daryl Morey's new team? Like I, like I wouldn't be like jumping at that opportunity if he just like dipped and left and they kind of set off this domino like chain of events that's going to lead you into not being in contention anymore probably. Like that, that, at that point, that's just like a personnel thing. Yeah. I I honestly don't know if either will be moved. I think Russ will definitely be moved. But James Harden, it just seems that the asking price is too high. But it, it's so weird to grapple with because I can't process James Harden not being a rocket, like him, him being uh, traded this offseason. But I also have never seen a move get as much buzz as Harden to the Nets has gotten, and then it just doesn't happen. Like yeah. this many, this many, um, this many reports. Literally, Harden posting a video about it on his Instagram story. Like something like that doesn't happen unless the move is going to occur at some point. So I, I think he will be traded. I don't know if it's the Nets or the Sixers. I would place a bet on the Nets, but I just it's weird to me. Like I, I still haven't really. Every time I see like the the Photoshop, like Harden in a Nets jersey with Kyrie and KD, it just doesn't make sense to me. As soon as I heard the rumor, I could see him on the Nets, and then I, then I started thinking, oh, there's no way that could work out because then, like, Kyrie and KD's already a mess, and you're at an Harden. Who knows what could happen then? But then I started, like, oh, Harden and Durant were, were on the same team before, made the finals, and Kyrie's better than Westbrook. And then all of a sudden, maybe you could have an absolute juggernaut of a team. But, uh, I mean, you know what? You and I kind of wonder about that, though. Like, who, who plays defense? In that situation. That's the problem. Well, Bruce Brown, they just traded for, so. Excuse me. Like, because this is, like, I know there was that argument someone was saying a while ago, where, like, they're saying, like, Drew Holiday almost would be a better player for them to trade for than Harding, because oh, they're not giving Durant, us that much. Durant, Durant's a good defender. Okay, he's, he's, like, what, like, in his 30s, and he's coming off an Achilles injury? He's 30. He's 30. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Kyrie guarded Giannis against the Bucs in the playoffs. Okay, guarded is like a very liberal use of the word there. He, like, he, he wanted Giannis. He wanted to guard Giannis. Did he guard Giannis? That's a separate question. Yes, he, he guarded him. He was right in front of him for like no. half the play. And I think, I think Kevin Durant was, an, uh, was a good defensive player when he had the whole warrior system around him and all he had to do was stand under the rim and use his long limbs. And Draymond Green took care of most, and Draymond and Clay took care of most of it. But yeah, they don't have any defensive pieces. Drew Holiday would have made much more sense. Like yeah, if, if, I, if, if I controlled all this, I would have sent Drew Holiday to the Nets and then James Harden to the Sixers. And well, like, there's, there's no, there's, there's like literally no defensive system to, to fit into in Brooklyn. Like there's nothing even resembling one. And they, Steve Nash is going to have the hardest coaching job, and it's such a long time. Yeah, like, and he's a man rookie. Comes in, man comes in, has never coached before. He has a great coaching staff. Like, Mike D'Antoni will definitely help him, but still. Like, he used to manage – I think this is the highest combined usage rate of three players who would be on the same team ever in NBA history. Just, like, I don't get how it would work, honestly. So- so now you guys are, are saying the Nets aren't going to be good this year after I was saying this the whole the whole offseason? Yeah, because it changed. Like, if it was just Kyrie well, and Kevin Durant, I think Harden's it would be not really there yet. All these problems no, are still there with Kyrie and KD. I, I don't think so. 
I, I wouldn't think that, I don't think the problem will be anywhere near as prevalent with Kyrie and KD because I think there's a very clear understanding. I think um, bringing Harden would help more than hurt. How, no. how is bringing a third ball hog into a situation that already has two ball hogs going to like make sense? That just well, doesn't make like numerical sense. My Harden underst- wants to be there bad. Well, Harden can want to be there, but I, I think that if it was just Kyrie and KD, I think it would be a similar thing to Kyrie and LeBron where it's like 1A, 1B, where Kyrie knows that he can hit that last shot, but he also knows that Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. Like Kevin Durant has the ball. Kyrie Irving can also have the ball when Kevin Durant doesn't have the ball, but there is a very clear hierarchy there that everyone understands. If James Harden is there, Kyrie Irving is going to be like, okay, I'm better than that guy. And James Harden is going to think he's better than Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant is going to know he's better than both of those guys. And it's going to take a very long time to figure that out if it ever does. Yeah, And, like, and I think it's too much focus on offense. Yeah. And like the other problem is like Katie and like Kyrie have had a while to like, like start like laying the groundwork for this like they, mm-hmm. they've been signed to that team for over a year like you have Harden you're gonna have like a couple weeks and you're playing and you're playing games in like before that, Christmas that's a very good point they just don't have that much time I mean yeah. training camp starts December 1st yeah I don't know I don't, I don't see it happening if, if they don't sign Harden I would be much more confident in rooting for the team I think adding adding James Harden to a team will obviously make it better, but I think it'll be a much more hectic process, and I think it'll be a much more it'll be extremely volatile. They'll either tear apart the whole league, or they could blow up. Like I just don't know. It'll be really interesting. Yeah, just there are so many teams that next year they're they're like the Bucks, the Nets, the Suns. I guess you could throw the Warriors in there. I think even the Pelicans, Miami, are they going to be as good? There are so many teams that could uh, – it's a pretty wide gap of their ceiling and their floor. So it, it's, it, it, there are so many storylines for the for next season. It's, it's insane. It feels like every year there's just a dozen new ones that just get added on top of the season before. It's crazy. I mean, I, I definitely take this over, like, the monotony we had for four or five years where it's just the Warriors, like – the Cavs every time. Like, I'll, I'll take this over. This is great. It is chaotic, though. I mean, it's it's so hard to keep track of everything. Yeah, what we sure, should just have is, is the Celtics should just be the best team, and then everybody else can compete for second. That'd make it a lot easier for me to follow. All right. Well, wh- why don't you tell, like, your, your team leadership to actually do something for once? Yeah, and they're, then, getting then we'll talk. they're getting there. They're just, they're just in the background right now watching everybody else. And then they're ready to pounce. You're ready to pounce once like Ennis Cantor becomes available, you know. Well, he's still on the team, so you know you know what I mean. Yeah, so, they'll get like Bismack Biombo. Oh god. So before we go, any draft thoughts? Any ideas? I don't know how much you guys uh, care about the draft or been following the draft. Who's who you said O O is hurt? Who is that? Onyeko Kongu. Excuse he me. He has a fractured toe on his left foot. Believe was he? Uh, where is he projected to go? Um, mid single digits, probably like five to nine range. Oh, yeah, wow. I don't think he's gone higher. I don't think he's been projected higher than five. I have a couple draft takes, even though I've barely done any research on it. But I will say, I do think Lamelo Ball is going to be the best player from the draft. I, th- I think he should go number one, even though I guess it's going to be Anthony Edwards is the rumor right now. And also, whoever gets Obi Toppin is going to get a steal. 
I agree on the Obi Toppin point. Um, I think Anthony, I, this is probably my, so everyone's consensus that I think the, um, that they think Lamella Ball and Anthony Edwards probably have the two highest ceilings and they're probably going in the top three, but I've never seen a pair of players in the top three that I've disliked more or not wanted to draft as much as I've wanted to not draft these guys. Lamella Ball, he's a sensational passer, but uh, his scoring is super limited, bad decision maker, doesn't try hard on defense at all. And I just, his overall motor and attitude we, we've seen ever since he was on on um, Chino Hills as like a ninth grader. He just doesn't seem to have the drive to really get better that I want to see. And Anthony Edwards, did you see what came out this morning that he said in an interview? <laughs> That's funny. Man no, literally I said, I, I don't love basketball. I don't like watching basketball games. I was just, I just saw, I just realized that I could dunk one day and I was like, yeah, I should probably go with this and gave up football, which was his real passion. And he's well, like, yeah, this is just a job for me. That is not what you want to hear. Especially I, for a player who's been equated to Dwayne Wade, who became so good because he worked hard and because he loved basketball. He has the ceiling to be an amazing player, but it, he has to work hard, and I don't think he will. Was Anthony Edwards saying that he used to not like basketball, but then all of a sudden he realized he was good at it? Because I did watch some of his games at Georgia, and he seemed pretty excited when he did well. So I mean, He's also getting a ton of like media attention and people saying like he was going to be in like the top like group of picks in the draft. I feel like that would make anyone pretty motivated to do something, even if you don't really like it. Anthony Edwards is more is more just a name to me right now. I don't really know that much about him. I mean, yeah, there, there's. I mean, he he was talking about how he uh, he doesn't really like basketball, but he can really rap. Not like Dame Lillard, <laughs> but like Lil Baby. Like <laughs> that was so funny honest, when I got I to that part. Basketball. What is what's he nineteen? Yeah. Eight. Yeah, I did see one interview with Lamelo Ball though, and he seemed pretty, pretty calm and pretty, pretty mature for nineteen. So I like that. I, I hope he is, and I, I, I wish the best for both of them. Obviously, I just don't have you much really, confidence. You, you just, you just lambasted Anthony Edwards. You really wish the best for him. Now you're gonna. Uh, I'm him. being honest. I there, there is no player that I wish ill will onto. I just, I'm being honest that I don't think. I, that I, have, I have a few that I could, that I could list. I just did the, the it, whole, like, Stephen A. Smith, no disrespect thing, where you say no disrespect, and then you disrespect them for, like, five minutes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hey, hey, no disrespect, but I think Anthony Edwards has more of a chance of being the next J.R. Smith than the next Dwayne Wade. How about that? How about that? I'll stand by that take. I don't want to take J.R. Smith with the first pick of the draft. I wouldn't be surprised if several picks are traded. I think the Knicks are trying to – or the Knicks did move up. I think they're trying to move up again to get a higher pick. I think the Celtics are trying to move up, which would be interesting. They could take that seven-foot guy who uh, plays like a guard out of Europe that no one's talking about, which would be interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I think the things to watch out for is uh, if the Knicks get a really good guard. Like, um, oh, shoot. What was the name of the guy I was talking about him like two weeks ago? Not Tyrese Halliburton. No, not Killian Hayes. That's oh. what I was talking about. No, Killian Hayes is a center, right? No, he's a point guard. He went, didn't he go? Oh, no, I'm thinking of uh, Jackson Hayes. <laughs> no, Jackson Hayes is a center on the Pelicans. Yeah, Killian I know, I know he's a center. He's a point guard who I, if I was a Knicks fan, and I have a lot of Knicks fans in my life, um, I would be very happy if they take him. Uh, I, If the Celtics managed to get a Kung Wu or a wing or something, that would be awesome. But it's a... Uh, 
it's going to be an interesting draft because I think it's a lot of uh, volatile stuff. And this is like so the weird. most over-scrutinized draft ever. It feels so weird to have the draft in November. Yeah. Like just, I didn't even really realize it was today lap. until yesterday. It's, to, it's tonight, 7 o'clock. 8 o'clock, I think. Well, I think they're getting coverage at 7, so you want to you wanna make sure you tune in for that. Oh, okay. I'm trying to hype right. up the, the, the telecast. I'm trying to get people to watch before that actually starts. I, I Googled when is the NBA draft. It's at 7 p.m., so I don't know. I said I, I did that too, and then I saw on Twitter that it's at 8 p.m., so I looked it up again, and now it says 8 p.m. So right. I don't know. So I guess they're having some pregame, like Anthony Edwards will we'll, we'll do a wrap before the draft. He'll, he'll do a show. Oh, 7.30 now. I don't know. I, I actually, he did release a video of him rapping on Twitter, and it was not great. I'm going to be No? Honest. No. It was very just generic. Instead of but little we, baby, it was little poopy? I don't know. I, I, I can't critique music because I don't know enough about it, but from a rap that I've listened to, I didn't think it was that good. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll end it off by saying that Fred Van Vliet is a free agent. No one's talking about him. That's it. 